Welcome back, everybody. Thank you very much for tuning in to another episode of the Tomatovito Show. And uh, we're going to do a, a little recap here, a quick recap of uh, a fight that took place uh, to close out October in the middleweight division. And that was uh, Jaime Munguia. Jaime Munguia versus Turiano Johnson. It was a very interesting fight. We kind of know that the the there's a lot of athleticism there. There's a lot of power behind these two fighters. Um, boxing technique uh, is where the deficiencies or the flaws come into play as far as this one matchup and these two fighters. And um, although Eric Morales has been working with Jaime Munguia quite a bit and, and, and starting to fix his uh, his hip movement, starting to get him to keep his hands up a little bit higher and not expose his face so much, not, not expose his chin so much, it's still been uh, an ongoing deficiency and an ongoing flaw of Jaime Munguia's game. Nonetheless, this was bound to be a fun fight, and uh, and it was. It was actually a really fun fight. It was a back-and-forth fight. They went right at each other. Turiano Johnson landed some big power punches on Jaime Munguia and some some strong, strong jabs um, that he was connecting uh, throughout the fight, and Jaime Munguia was feeling it, right? Jaime Munguia has a lot of power, and he has a type of power and the type of punching power that can switch momentum uh, in a, from one punch to the next. Uh, so, so that's what makes, uh, Jaime Munguia so appealing, right? Um, the fight ends, uh, in a six round, um, it gets stopped because of the cut. He ends up cutting the lip quite severely. The, it, it's a, it's a really bad cut that Turiano Johnson suffered and it came at the hands of, a of, of a famous Jaime Munguia uppercut, a really strong Jaime Munguia uppercut, which he's known to doing every time and quite often whenever he finds himself against the ropes. He'll end up baiting uh, the opponent in to land his big uppercut. Uh, it was it, it, it played to Jaime Munguia's game plan, although, again, the one thing that, that I don't like about Jaime Munguia's game is the fact that he takes a lot of damage, a lot of damage. So Jaime Munguia now sits comfortably at 36-0 and 0, uh, with 29 knockouts uh, coming at the... So, so he stopped... 29 of his opponents he's been able to stop out of the 36 victories that, that he sits with. Uh, Turiano Johnson, very good fighter. Uh, I would say he's more on the B side, uh, more of a B level fighter, maybe even dropping down to like a C level fighter. He's got a decent record, 21 and 3. Uh, he has one draw. 15 of those 21 victories are knockouts, but all three of his losses have been knockout losses. And his losses have come at the hands of Curtis Stevens, who was uh, one of the victims to Gennady Golovkin. Uh, he, another loss, his second loss came to Sergei Dibrinchenko, uh, who gave, uh, Jamal Charlo a very, very, very good fight. He gave Danny Jacobs a very good fight. He gave Gennady Golovkin a very, very good fight. So Dibrinchenko's no joke. And, uh, so he ended up, uh, stopping Turiano Johnson in the 12th round when they met each other. Uh, the draw, Turiano Johnson's draw comes, uh, against Fernando Castaneda. That was a, a split decision uh, draw, uh, as it was called, in the eighth round. And uh, and from there, he went on to defeat uh, Jason Quigley. And uh, and then he has this matchup. He had been inactive since July of, uh, of 2019. And then, uh, and then he comes into this fight with Jaime Munguia uh, just a few weeks back. Uh, 
to close out October. It was uh, the 30th of October. So it was a little bit over, uh, over a year, about 14 months that he was 14, 15 months uh, of a layoff for uh, Toriano Johnson. And he suffers, suffers a really bad cut to the lip, uh, really strong punch. And it, it displayed, right? Jaime Munguia's power, uh, at 160. What does this mean for both fighters? Toriano Johnson could keep, uh, fighting, uh, these type of, uh, these type of fights. Who knows for how much longer, but he is almost like, uh, he's almost like a measuring stick for the people that want to take the next step. If they feel like they could uh, jump and, uh, and climb the ladder to the next step of competition or the next level of competition, Toriano Johnson is right there. He's the measuring stick. He's, uh, he's standing at that doorway to, to see who's going to be, uh, some someone has to get through him to be able to get to the next level, almost like a gatekeeper, I guess. Uh, so he's there before he ends up changing certain things about his style. Uh, he he's going to remain there. He's he's got decent boxing, not the greatest. Uh, very good abilities, uh, very good athleticism, decent power. But again, he's taken a lot of damage through the years, and uh, and by no means is he close to the end of his career. As he's got a young record, right? A, a, a very uh, very. Uh, youthful record yet of 21 and three with one draw. So he's got several more years in the sport, but with this much damage that he keeps taking, unless he changes something about his style, he's going to stay uh, in the same parameters as he, as he currently finds himself in. Now for Jaime Munguia, there's a lot of, a lot of hope and a lot of hype behind his young career. He's 36 and 0, 29 knockouts, like we just said. Uh, and he's had decent opposition, but he hasn't had the level of opposition, uh, that warrants a fight against a Canelo Alvarez, who he continues to call out, a Jamal Charlo, who he continues to call out, Gennady Golovkin, who he continues to call out. So, he hasn't had that opposition now by record and by showing he's displayed otherwise, right? He's, he's not only talking, trying to talk himself into a big fight and claiming that he's ready for those big fights. His record backs it up. His power backs it up and his style backs it up. It's a fan friendly style. However, this is the problem. The people that we're looking at that are at the top of 160. Canelo Alvarez, uh, being the super champion of the WBA, he has that franchise status championship or title, uh, in the WBC, and he holds the ring, uh, lineal middleweight title. So he's, he's the man to be at 160. Um, the other op- opposition, uh, the WBO champion happens to be, uh, Demetrius Andrade or Andrade, uh, Demetrius, very tall, very lanky, uses his height very well when he fights, uses his reach very well, good power, and he sits with a 29-0 record as well, uh, undefeated. He's had a little bit of a harder time securing opponents. Uh, he's a tough, a tough night for anybody who steps in the ring with them. And, uh, and the other, the other people that we have there, Jamal Charlo, 30-0, uh, Gennady Golovkin, 40 with one defeat and one draw. Both of those blemishes on that record, of course, against Canelo Alvarez, Gennady Golovkin, the IBF champion at 160, Jamal Charlo, the, uh, WBC champion. And, uh, and then you have your regular champion of the WBA, Ryoto Murata. Uh, he sits with a 16-2 record. Uh, 13 of those 16 victories have come by the way of knockout. And then Chris Eubanks Jr. has the interim championship at, at the WBA. 160 stacked, right? It's a, it's a really good time at 160. Not quite as fun and uh, as intriguing as the, um, 
the heavyweight division right now and the lightweight division. Those two are really fun for me. The, the welterweight division also stacked with talent. 160 has a lot of good opposition there. But what's happening is that these fighters are either coming up from 154 or they're moving up to 168 and not quite staying active or there's not quite the... um the 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 big money the big intriguing fight at 160 so there's either downtime or they're moving up to bigger challenges uh what have you so this is what i would like to see in the 160 division um we got to see the Canelo Alvarez Gennady Golovkin fight eventually right but we know that Canelo uh is going to be set to uh come back uh we we broke the news here that Canelo Alvarez is a free agent. He broke free of the contractual issues that he had with the zone and with Golden Boy Promotions. Uh, he was set to fight or they were trying to, to set up a fight with Caleb Plant. That fell through. Uh, so he's now, uh, set to fight Callum Smith, uh, December 19th. And obviously you have an idea that this, this episode, uh, I'm recording it here a few weeks back, but it caught my eye because I was looking at the, at the, how the 160 is is starting to play out and uh, and there is some really good matchups if they were to actually do them i would love to see any one of these fights take place i would love to see Gennady Golovkin and uh Ryoto Murata uh go ahead and, and unify titles the WBA regular uh with the IBF title on the line I would love to see Jermall Charlo and Demetrius Andrade uh, go at one another and unify titles there. Uh, and then Chris Eubank Jr. I think would be the perfect fight. That interim WBA title would be the perfect fight for Jaime Munguia and a perfect fight for Chris Eubanks Jr., right? Chris Eubanks sits with a 29-2 and record. I think that's a perfect fight for both of them, a perfect uh, measuring stick for both of them to figure out where they're at in their careers. I think it would be very, very close, a very close fight to call. Uh, meanwhile, you have Gennady Golovkin. Uh, should Jaime Munguia win that fight, then he would get a piece of that WBA, the interim, and start getting closer, inching his way closer to a Canelo Alvarez fight, which he keeps wanting, right? Uh, if he, um, if he ends up winning the fight or Chris Eubank ends up winning the fight, he's trying to get himself in there against Canelo, against Gennady, against Jamal as well. So it would be a great, uh, fight for both of them. Ryoto Murata, Gennady Golovkin would obviously give leverage to either one of those two fighters. Uh, either Ryoto Murata defends his title and takes the IBF from Gennady Golovkin. Now he has more leverage to get a bigger name and a bigger fight. Gennady Golovkin getting that piece of that WBA, getting that regular WBA title almost forces that third fight against Canelo Alvarez. Uh, Jamal Charlo, Demetrius Andrade unifying those two titles would only create more leverage for either of those two fighters and, uh, and bound to see either one of those against Canelo or against Golovkin in the future with the other fighters, the latter, the, the former fighters we we're mentioning against the loser of, of any of those. Jaime Munguia has really good options in front of him. It's a matter of taking those, baiting those fighters to, to accept the fight, uh, with them. I really think his next big fight and his fight, his team should be looking for Chris Eubank Jr. Uh, and that should be an ideal fight for Jaime Munguia. Gennady Golovkin, Ryoto Murata would be ideal. Uh, Jamal Charlo, Demetrius Andrade would be awesome. Um, will this happen? I don't know. I also see Devorichenko's in there. Uh, Danny Jacobs is in there going back and forth between 160 and 168. Um, any of those would be, would be awesome fights, but this, this would be an awesome, uh, way to, uh, to 
for the for the 160 division to play out. So just wanted to recap that it's a, it's one of those fights that I that I missed in the last couple of weeks in uh, in recording and and talking about. But it, it caught my eye as I keep looking at these divisions. I'm like, wow, why why did I forget about the Jaime Munguia to Riano Johnson? Because Jaime Munguia is one of those key puzzle pieces right now who's inching closer and closer to one of these big fights. And there's a lot of big names there at 160 at the top. So with that said, I leave you with that. It was just a quick a uh, quick little episode today. Thank you guys for tuning in once again to the Tomatolito show and uh, take care of yourselves. Stay safe out there and we'll talk soon.